Welcome to the Geek Bits Podcast with your hosts, Mike, David, and Craig. Okay, well, welcome to Geek Bits Podcast, Episode 8. Um, I'm your host, Mike, and I am here with uh, my co-hosts, David um, and Craig. And today, our uh, topic is going to be around the economics of the future. And man, I am super excited about this one. I think it's going to be one of our best podcasts ever. We'll see. But uh, this topic was actually uh, suggested by Craig, and I know he has a lot of uh, things to say about this. So I'm going to let you kind of intro us in and, and kick us off on on the topic and we'll go from there sure great uh no pressure at all uh, <laughs> no this is a this is a topic that's sort of near and dear to my heart and um and something i think about a lot especially in relation to progression of technology uh stuff we've talked about earlier like ai and machine learning and things like that and so um and you know hopefully this won't get too political and we'll start talking about different economic <laughs> systems and what works and what doesn't um, but one of the things I'm really concerned about, and um, you don't hear a lot of politicians talking about this, is um, um, where automation is going to be in the next 5, 10, 20 years, and what that means for jobs and for our economies. So we, you know, we're in a capitalistic society, you know, um, economic It doesn't matter system. whether you're in... Any country, capitalism runs the world. <laughs> whether you, and mm -hmm. that doesn't. I mean, we're not saying whether it's good or bad. We're just saying that's the truth. Yeah, I mean that's you know um, that's the system we have for the most part. And there's different levels of kind of laissez more laissez faire style capitalism, free market type thing, and more uh, socialized or social safety net or tighter regulations and things <laughs> like that. But we're still on this, you know. We, we have currency to trade value based on, um, you know, some, some kind of work or, you know, service or good or whatever being exchanged. Um, where this, um, you know, and I love that you have Star Trek Deep Space Nine there in the background. Where this starts to break down for me is a couple areas, and we can go into a lot of these. One I already mentioned, which is AI and machine learning. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing we might discuss is, is something like, um, a Star Trek sort of future where you have replicators or something like that. We're starting to get there with 3D printing. We are. We where are. you can s sort of manufacture things out of your home without going to a factory or whatever. And so then the value of, of things is sort of different. It's more based on the design. But again, with like AI, um, if we ever got to a point where there was generalized AI versus, you know, specialized AI, um, you know, the designs for things aren't necessarily going to need human beings. Um, I yeah, I, I I think of the the Isaac Asimov. You know the the what was the Will Smith played the uh, the main character in the movie, but I uh, Robot. I Robot. Yeah, um, nerd. I, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I start to think about um, you know when we have a generalized robot like that that can do any of the work, um, and and believe me, it'll be smart enough when we get to that point, right? What jobs are there for humans to do anymore? Because it, it, the robot's going to eventually. I mean, right. not to, not not day one. I mean, look look at it costs like a hundred thousand dollars to buy a spot robot from Boston Dynamics today, but that won't last long. In ten years from now, it won't be a hundred thousand dollars. Think of the movie Bicentennial. Man. Bicentennial Man, Robin right, Williams. with Robin Williams. Recipes. That's a great movie, by the way. Um, where they just have this live-in robot butler, mm -hmm. and I'm like, but why? Why does the dad have a job? Wasn't he a lawyer or something like yeah. that? Yeah. 
why is he doing that job when they could just have another Robin Williams genius robot um, be able to do the same thing? And the closer I get to, they kind of alluded to he was sort of an anomaly. He was an most anomaly. Most robots yeah. are smart but not creative. Well, and I think the company, if I remember right, the company was like trying to not let the robots be smart, and so they were trying right. to get rid of him. They'd and, hobbled the chips. Yeah, or something, something like that. It. But yeah, but uh, yeah, but regardless, it, it it makes the point that eventually we will get to a point like that where we will have those types of computers and AI and 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 the robotics around it that that jobs are going to become difficult to have. And you hit something that I hadn't even really thought about for this episode, but I think we should spend some time on and that is we will have replicators before too long if, if now they may not be able to replicate an iphone quite yet you know but but i think within 15 years or so we're going to be having i mean the, the advancements they've made in 3d printing in 10 years have been amazing and and there's all kinds of new 3d printing technologies coming out pretty soon making a new coffee cup in your home is going to be no big deal and everybody's going to be doing it. Kind or of for that matter, a cup of coffee. So, um, you know, my friend, our friend, uh, mutual friend, Ernest, shout out to Ernest. Um, <laughs> and I, we, the two of us have talked about that at length. And one of the, you know, there's a lot of potential in a different economy with AI and replicators and things like that. Like think of, um, you know, a place that's impoverished or going through a famine. Absolutely. You could replicate your bread or your chicken or whatever your meal is instead of growing crops, you know. Um, there's a lot of safety, you know, concerns mm -hmm. that we'd have to figure out with something like that. But that could be a massive benefit to humanity of just being able to go, well, I'm going to replicate food and water and I, you know, I don't have to go anywhere to cook. I, you know, I'm not resource constrained. Is Really the only constraint really on resources would be energy, I think. Energy, would have yeah. to think of it as like a energy to matter uh, translation or, or some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But so, the... so should we start by talking about the the jobs? And you know, I, and in fact, I actually put the the Star Trek quark uh, thing up here uh, on purpose because um, part of what I want to get to, and and not this very second, but I want to get to eventually is the Star Trek economy and and how they don't have jobs and they don't you know work for things anymore. They right. work to better themselves and society and all of that. Although some of the Star Trek, which is why I picked Quark, <laughs> some of the Star Trek universe still, still has still... the older greed. Yes, mindset. yes, yeah. exactly. And so I think that's fascinating. But let's talk about – so let's say that, that we're – I don't know what the time frame is. And I don't – I think if, if we all did – in fact, I think it's coming faster than, than anyone thinks, but we'll see. Um, but let's get to the to the stage where we've got the a robot, whether it's an AI ro – no, sorry, whether it's the uh, iRobot-style robot mm -hmm. or it's just an assembly line robot like they have, you know, building cars, whatever. There's going to be a day, I think, very soon when fast food restaurants don't have humans in the back making burgers, right? Right. They'll just have the raw materials. The raw materials yeah. and the robots will all put it together. And I, 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 I would be shocked if that doesn't happen within the next five to ten years, right? Um, they've already happened with checkouts. So, like, yep. you go into a fast food restaurant today and you walk up and you punch some numbers on a little screen and then some Somebody says, bing, bing, here's your order. And, and I, I'm right? terrible with that. So as an introvert, like I struggle with social interactions with um, with total strangers. Like I still, I've gotten mostly over it, but I still feel a little awkwardness like going up and ordering stuff. And so I'll pick the kiosk every time. Like, what? I don't have to interact with a human being? Well, this is awesome. And for me, it's not about interacting with the human being. Is that if I enter it on that screen, I know it's going to be right. Yeah, right. You can see exactly <laughs> what you're putting I've, on. Uh, I've said the same thing. And it makes no sense, actually, to be honest. I mean, we should have had that technology 20, 30 years ago because why, why do you have to have a human to sit there and punch in your order into a computer when you could just punch it in yourself? 
I, I've been I've, I've literally been thinking that for thirty years. Well, right. it is it is Craig in the last podcast. You guys have to go back and listen to it now. But in the last podcast, talk, Craig talked about being a digital native. Mm-hmm. You and I are digital natives. That's true. Everybody else was not, and so that computer was very intimidating to them, where the human was not. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Think of yeah. an eighties eighties or nineties style computer, like a, a screen where you could like. Because that's kind of what they were using, yeah. right? With fast well, food, granted, your dad would not have been able to order a hamburger or something like that. Like, well, and granted, really they designed the keypads for the employees, and they had to have a little bit of training. But they could have certainly made them more user friendly yeah. if, uh, if they wanted yeah. to. But you know, I was I was going to bring up the case of a fast food restaurant myself, and and I wanted to look at it from another perspective. I mean, yes, I absolutely think we're at a stage like today. You could do it today if you wanted to. It's probably not profitable because it's probably still cheaper to pay. Uh, you know, yeah, minimum minimum wage lot. human. But I think if you wanted to, you could absolutely completely automate a restaurant today. Well, and then there, you could go there, further. There than that. is, and I will show it in the on the an overlay on the video. But uh, for those watching the video podcast, but there is already a pizza machine in Europe um, mm-hmm. that you can walk up to, swipe your credit card, and it builds the entire pizza, cooks it, and slides it out. For you, <laughs> right, so it's coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but I was gonna say you could take that much further and not just look at the restaurant itself, but uh, like the delivery truck that brings the food. That's going to be automated pretty absolutely. soon. Absolutely self. And then, cars and, and then the <laughs> factory that it brings the food from currently is full of humans packing all that stuff up. That could all be replaced with robots. Right. Robots could load it in the truck. The truck could drive itself to the restaurant, drop the food off. The robots could bring it in, serve you everything. That's all possible with today's technology. It's just It's just not necessarily economical yet. But it will be. Well, if okay. you see so the inside wanna... of like an Amazon warehouse, oh, absolutely. that is heavily, it, heavily automated. It is. Like, uh, and I forget who they bought. They bought a company that had the robotics. Um, and then they basically told all the customers that, that it was Amazon-only technology. Do you right. all know about that? I can't remember the name of the, the robots. It doesn't surprise me, though. Kiva? But... Kiva? I think it was Kiva. Um, anyway, so uh, – <laughs> but, okay. So – Without okay, I'm, uh, I'm pausing because I want to be real clear on this. Without taking a political side, right? I don't want to take any political sides. You know, whether you're in the U.S., Republican, Democrat, for example, um, or Labor Party, if you're in the in the U.K., right? I don't want to take any political sides. So, without taking a political side, what do you say to people who really love the idea of capitalism when you say? There may not be any jobs for people to earn an income when it's all automated away. And that is, in my opinion, a, a really big reality that's that's right around the corner. Well, even even without a fully automated society, like if we don't have generalized AI, where like the bicentennial man or mm-hmm. something like that, there are so many jobs no, already. No, no. I'm just talking about the fast food restaurant thing that, oh, that we're just talking that about. Just that. Like like all of the entry level jobs, because that's where all the, the stuff is, right? That's where the, where you start your my first job was fast food. <laughs> your first yeah. job was fast food. Like everybody's first job's kinda like fast food. I right? think you and I worked in the same McDonald's. We did. McDonald's your first mm-hmm. job. Absolutely. Yep. So what do you say to kids? I'm sorry, there's no jobs for you because we've automated all of that away. Now, a lot of people will say, well, we just need to teach them better skills and they'll have a better job. But not everybody's qualified. I'm sorry, not everybody's qualified to be a computer scientist. Well, and, and our our governments and our, our institutions are not great at retraining. Like, I don't You're think not. we have great You're examples not. of retraining people for better jobs. So, I mean... It, I, it is true that, that learning has to be a lifelong... Um, thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to give um, a, a tiny tangent, but I used to give a speech to the TCU kids um, in the computer science department uh, that were graduating. Um, years, This is years ago. It's like 10, 15 years ago. And one of the things I always used to tell them is that congratulations on reaching the end of your class, but 
your learning has just started. You you right. actually haven't finished learning. You've you've just reached the point where now you can really start learning. And they never never got that. You'd always see like the, the question marks, you know, hanging above right. their head. And it's like, you know, when I and I would tell them, you know, when I started using computers, it was a six five oh two processor on a Commodore or an Apple or something like that. And Anybody who, except for David, <laughs> made a career out of it being a retro tech guy. We constantly had to learn and relearn. All of us had to constantly relearn all of that technology every time the next generation came out. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, that there there is there is some level of that. But even with that, there are people – the point I wanted to make, there are people that just simply don't have the capacity or the desire. Or the desire. You know, let's take let's take my mom. Mom, she is one of the best people in the whole world. Love her to death. She is never going to learn how to program a computer no matter what <laughs> you do. It's impossible. You know, right. right? So what what do we do with with those people in society? And there's going to be a whole bunch of them. I I don't know and I I think, you know, the fast food thing is coming very quickly. I think the other thing that's the other industry that's really about to get hammered hard um and maybe not in the ways that people um, would normally predict or just think of off the top of their head, but that's the transportation industry. So mm -hmm. we're like, yeah, yeah, self-driving cars. Maybe that'll put some taxi or Lyft drivers or you know that. No, we're talking truck drivers, absolutely, forklift drivers, absolutely. Um, all the other like bus drivers and all the public transportation mm -hmm. and stuff like that. That's all going to be automated. And um, I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to wipe out and decimate the car industry as a whole because I don't think people are going to own cars anymore. I wouldn't like, own a car. Why would I own a car if I can just hit three buttons on my phone and an automated Tesla pulls up and I, it just takes me where I want to go? Yeah, for five bucks. I am. I'm so ready for that day. Even though yeah. it's going to cause a lot of um, economic problems. Like I love the idea of just like not owning a car, not. Doing the maintenance on it or anything like but, that. But if that happens, if that happens, I mean, really think down deep about that. If that happens, and it is going to happen, I just almost guarantee it, then car sales are going to plummet because there's only the only people going to buy cars are, is probably the manufacturer. Tesla is probably going to run the whole business as an example, right, from right. end to end. So they'll make their own cars for their own. They'll probably Uber have to go to service. a subscription service. Yeah. So Ford or or you know Chevy or Tesla or whoever will be like, well, we're. We're no longer selling cars because you people are too stupid to drive them. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is the the number of cars sold will reduce dramatically because right now most cars are sitting in people's driveways and in parking lots not being used. But when they're all shared, you'll need That's a whole true. lot less of them. So the so now all of a sudden we don't need all these manufacturing plants to manufacture all those cars. We don't need all the salespeople at car lots and car dealerships. It's like like it will decimate it. Yeah. And, I, and yeah, I didn't. Lots, I didn't really think about the trickle. Exactly, effect. lots of things are going to happen like that across all these different industries. That are, jobs are going to go away. <laughs> yep, I, you know, and I, I, I've had this discussion before with people, and I think, uh, I think if we continue on the route we're going with automation, uh, within the next hundred years, I mean, we may or may not live to see it, but in the next hundred years, I think the average man's job will be gone. I think the only thing that will be left uh, are people like lawyers, scientists, city officials, you know, <laughs> you things know. that can't be done by a computer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any kind of menial task uh, is 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 well, going to be gone. From and, you know, what I understand, like a lot of paralegal research, a lot of those jobs have gotten away because there's a giant computer yep. with, with AI that can go look at you know individual cases and. 
And yeah, and there's even I was watching this, this show the other day. There's even now like all of the old documents that like the um, what do you call those the, the slides that you used to put under a microfiche. Uh, microfiche. There's computers now that are scanning like all the microfiche, and then and then so now you can search all of that stuff. So it's it's like it's crazy. It's like it's all going yeah. away. Now we can look <laughs> through history at a number of times where technology has replaced jobs. I mean we've we've seen it happen over and over mm -hmm. again. Like telephone operators, like you know we used to have to move the cord around. You know all. all that right, went away right. with automated telephone exchanges. But it's always been a little piece of society a little at a piece. time. And usually other opportunities open up when those opportunities close. And so it's kind of been like this revolving door kind of thing. But I'm but, just afraid that, uh, you know, the next 100 years is going to is going to the opportunities will continue to disappear, but there won't be any new, new opportunities. Well, and that's because the new opportunities were always in like the technologies and stuff that replaced you know, like, like, so for example, with with your example of the phone switch, you know, the lady moving all the the cords around the the, the phone jacks, so to speak. Um, the the um, the jobs that became out of that though were maintenance people for telephone, computer, and switching stations, and you know, like all of these things. That those jobs didn't exist, and those jobs actually paid more. But but are, are there were less of them? Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask. Are is that a one for one relationship? No, I don't think it is. So that we were already reducing the number of jobs that so we'd have less. But higher paying jobs, and this, you know, you've got this funnel yeah. of like more wealth being yeah. concentrated, even just in the upper middle class or the middle class, away from uh, the the poorer lower classes, mm -hmm. because these menial like repetitive jobs are just vanishing. Like, um, and so we don't we don't really have anything to replace that. Yeah, I I should have started with this, and we wouldn't. You know, it wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't talk about something from the 80s. So um, when I was going to Mansfield High School um, with you, there was a guy, and I mentioned that I was into computers, and he he said, I think computers are stupid. And They're a fad. They're, somebody somebody yeah. I knew said they were a fad. Yeah. He didn't say they were a fad, but he was, like, he was like, I think they're stupid. And I was like, why? And he was like, because they. my dad says they take away jobs. All the way back in the <laughs> 80s when I was in high wow. school, he said that. And I was like, they don't take away jobs. They give you jobs and everything. Like at the defense that mm -hmm. you had. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, but I don't think that's true anymore. It's like not. With, yeah. with the machine learning and artificial intelligence and just, just general automation of like smarter and smarter devices, I think we're seeing the devices handle m much more of the work that we We do. are. And, 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 you know, I wanted to say something about that too. And I'm, I've tried, I've been sitting here thinking about how to say it in a, <laughs> non-offensive way, and I never really come up with a way, so I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. I'll probably get creamed in the comments over this, but, you know, as I look across, like, I grew up with computers. I've My entire career has been computers. I've been managing people who use computers and develop on computers and repair computers and deploy computers and all of that for my entire life, so that's the only thing I know, really. And I have watched something steadily happen. That is, the average person who is in my field knows less and less and less about the field. I've okay? noticed that. And so there's some of that happening. So, for example, a a person that was in IT when I was in the... Well, hang on, hang on. Let me hold on to your thought, but let me just play devil's advocate. Okay. Is that because you yourself have gotten older and you you have learned more and more? So you're sort of comparing yourself to other people. Like if you went back to 20-year-old Mike Murray and compared... 20, your your twenty year old self to other people in the field would you? No, that's not what I'm saying. But that's a, that is a really good point. I'm glad you brought it up to clarify. That is that is a super good point. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is 
when I was in, in the in the field in the '90s, like for example, or the '80s, um, like to work on a mainframe, you had to know like literally everything. You had to know how the computer worked. You had to know how the processors worked. You had to know how all the peripherals worked. You had to know how the telecommunications network worked so that you could interface with it. Um, it like you had to know like so many things about technology. Now today. The average person who is in technology knows a very tiny subset about it. Yeah, saying it's more specialized. It's more specialized, but they also know less about it. So, for example, when things break, it takes a team now of people to go figure out. And sometimes we still have a few. Like, let me tell you something. I have a, I have a network manager that worked for me for years. Hope he's listening to the podcast. His name is Ed. He's he knows more about technology than I than 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 I or you or David combined will ever know. Like, and he can rattle it off, and he can connect dots and see things from the programming language all the way down mm-hmm. to the bits and bytes moving. Those around people are very valuable. They're very valuable, and he's paid very well. But they uh, they're very rare, and. So as this, so you're not saying that we're getting dumber. No, but the problem is, like, what I would propose is that. Um, That's why it, I said I didn't want to try not to offend people. Yeah, uh, you know, right? The, the technology has gotten so complex, and there's all these layers upon layers um, of thing things on it. Like, you know, the internet runs on top of for most people Ethernet or Wi-Fi or whatever, which yep. is, runs on top of you know. Whatever it does, and then yeah, right. You know, you pull up a web page or an app or something, and it's going to use REST or SOAP for its yeah. communication. Let me give you another example that's along the same lines that might be simpler to understand. So, um, let's take computer chips today, and and from mm. the early days, like six five zero two processors to, to to bring some eight bit stuff in, yeah. right? So the six five zero two, one person could know every single thing about that chip, how it worked. In fact, it was designed by human beings. Um, and, and somebody sat there and plotted out all those transistors on a big sheet of paper or something, right? And put it all together. Do you think that the Apple, uh, what was the most recent? M1. The M1. The most recent, their most chip, their M1. Do you think that a human designed that chip? A human put a whole bunch of specifications into a computer and a computer plotted all those transistors all over the place, right? Like if, if a human had to do that, it would take like a hundred years just to plot one of the cores. And all the... (laughs) The instructions are so complex, and this gets a little bit into what we talked about in the last podcast. Like, I'm, I am not as well rounded as the two of you in, um, in just computers in general, right? Like, you guys are much more generalist. I'm one of the more specialized people. Like, I didn't, I didn't get into the hardware. I didn't. I just wanted to get stuff done. Wanted to play games, get on BBSs, yeah. uh, make my own little uh, programs and stuff. So I got really into the programming part of mm-hmm. computers at a time when it was um, more approachable. Um, Coming from an assembly background like you guys, you had to know the hardware Mm -hmm. and how the bus worked and everything because that's that's all you had. Well, an interesting observation I'd like to make. You know, back when Haley was taking programming classes in in high school and when I went to uh, Open House, her teacher wanted me to come in and give a speech to the kids about, you know, from my IT experience, like, you know... um, telling them how great it is to be in the IT world. And I told the teacher, I says, look, this is a terrible time to be trying to get into the IT world because every IT department I know of is getting rid of people because Left the software right. has gotten to where it replaces so many functions that they used to have people doing, and it's gotten easier to use. Like, uh, I mean, today, like managing a server with a modern operating system on it is is much easier to do than, you know, back in like 1995 or something like that, um, you know, when we were dealing with the early stages Absolutely. of like Windows NT or Unix or and stuff like that. And and so um, 
and the, and then so much of it's being outsourced to uh, India or just to you know like people getting rid of like all the like the company I used to work for before I started doing YouTube full time. Uh, they have now outsourced like their entire data center is gone. Yeah, that that I used to I used to go in a server room every day and and you know repair and maintain those servers. I mean, at least that, with that, stuff. you could say the jobs are going somewhere. They are going to actual human beings. <laughs> not but, not really, yeah. not really, because a lot of that, like for example, we used to have an email server. Well, now they just use the cloud email. You know, right. so we don't need an Exchange server administrator anymore. Because that that job yeah, that job all is just office gone. Yeah, right. And yeah. there's no specific person that has <clears throat> taken that job. I mean. It's it's just a, the job's gone, you know. I mean, I and, guess you could say the job is at Microsoft or Google. Well, uh, maybe, working but on their but because their email the, platform or whatever. Maybe, but do you think like? But it's not a in the old days. It's not one to one. That's the thing. In the old days, there would have been you know one person at every company doing that job, or maybe ten people at a company. Now there's probably one person managing a hundred companies. You know, yeah. email server. And if you if you if you try to divide it up like that, you know, right? yeah. I, I will say, like at least for the moment, um, everything I'm seeing in the marketplace, because I hire software engineers, uh, software engineers and data scientists are in a very high demand. So that part of the industry is doing well. But I would suspect tech support, server administration, yep. all yep. of that kind of peripheral stuff is really suffering. Even kind of your um, run-of-the-mill web developers, uh, which yeah. is kind of how I got started into programming, um, a lot of that's drying up with like WordPress and um, Wix and oh, yeah. you know, all of that Absolutely. kind of stuff and, and Shopify mm -hmm. and all these these right. platforms as a service. Yeah, but 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 just but taking the technology out of it for a minute, I think David was kind of hinted at that earlier. But taking the technology out of it for a minute, there's there's like the, the cashier at McDonald's. There's not a technology job, you know, right? Right. You know, the the guy flipping the burgers in the back that's going to have now have a robot arm doing, <laughs> doing it for him is not a technology job. So um, same thing for, like, cars and, and, and manufacturing of cars. I mean, if you look at, at you know, my dad, um, David and I, our dad grew up. He was an assembly line worker at mm -hmm. General Motors. Um, our grandfather was an assembly line worker at General Motors. He was a painter. Um, all of their jobs are gone now. Like, well, like you, if you Probably to, back then you could graduate with maybe a high school diploma. I don't. Did your dad graduate high school? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you graduated with a high school diploma, and then you could just pick up that job, be in it for forty years, and retire. And that's exactly what he did. That's exactly mm -hmm. what he did. But now look at the look at the factories. I mean, like like if, I don't know if you've seen the um, there's a, a episode of uh, one of those uh, Discovery shows. I forget the name of it now, but where they show the inside of the inside the Tesla factory, right? And like ninety nine percent of that factory is automated. And then there's another episode that shows the iPhone factory, uh, Foxconn. And it's literally like, like I was blown away. Like I still assumed that there were still humans, you know, like closing the lid and screwing the screws in and like, it's not, there's no humans involved. It's like, it's like, it's like this thing goes down the line and like the robots picking in places, all the parts and screwing in the screws mm -hmm. and, and a phone comes out the other end. And then guess what? The same robots that put it together, put it in a box and wrap it in plastic and, and shrink wrap it and all those things. There's like, there's no human job there. <laughs> Reminds me of that episode of Dilbert with CompuCom and. And Dilbert, you know, he's like, okay, I just, he bought a computer from a computer. <laughs> designed, <laughs> and, uh, by a computer. <laughs> designed by a computer. Designed by a computer. Designed by a computer. He bought it anyway, and he kind of realizes at some point that the computers have taken over. But, okay, so we, we probably should move away from the, this particular topic and move on to the economics aspect. So, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's a given the jobs are going away. I mean, I don't think you could bring anybody in here that could sit here and argue that jobs are going to become more plentiful in the future. I think they're going to be less and less and less. And I think within 100 years, uh, the average unskilled labor job is gone, period. Like, there just, there just won't be you know, any of them. And um, 
you know, and that's that's without the invention of any kind of like generalized AI, like like we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier. Right. That's just with the that's just with the path we're headed on right right now. now. Right, and and we could already do it right now. It's just right now it just happens to be cheaper to. And again, I'd like to human. point out that no politician is really talking about this. Yeah. That, that's that's yeah. kind of the thing, and that's why I was trying real hard not to yeah. to point at a, pol- a specific party. But really, yeah. the honest truth of the matter is. In, at least in America, it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. Neither one of them seem to be aware that this is coming. It's yeah, like, or, or they don't want to talk about it. Or they just don't want to talk about yeah. it, right? So the question is, what can you do? I don't necessarily have an answer. Um, I can think of a couple of different things that you could do. Um, you know, obviously Star Trek, for example, they depict a society where money doesn't even exist anymore. And uh, I think the only way you would have... Um, have something like that would be, and, and I hate to even throw the word out there, but it would be very, like, communist. Is that maybe the right word to apply to that? Mm, uh, I'm I'm a little um, I'm a little suspicious of words like socialist because, a so you know what you consider socialist is usually like the government specifically saying we're going to control the means of the production. Like right. that is literally what yeah. the word socialist means. I know you said communist. But even even like in that, systems but... like communism, they still depend on money. The government just basically employs everyone. And, right. Uh, so I don't they know. They run the factories and things yeah. like that. So I'm not sure what kind of system you could create that literally wouldn't have any sort of money. Um, <laughs> that So I don't know. Well, that, depends, that's probably you fictional. Know, because – I mean, let's think about that. I mean, this is actually really a really fascinating thought experiment because let's say that we got to a point where there's all this automation and the computers build everything. You know, like somebody has to own. They build and design everything. Build and they design can, everything. They can make music. Like we're already tinkering with stuff like we this are. now where they make, the computers are making games, they're making music, they're making poetry, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But but let's say, let's say somebody has to own all of that, right? It's either, either a corporation, like let's mm-hmm. say, you know, um, Microsoft, as an example, we'll pick on them because um, we all love Microsoft. <clears throat> so <laughs> Microsoft has to own all of those things. And so, um, or Google or or Tesla or whoever, like, like, or they have to all be owned by the public. Right. So when we, when we get to the point where that, let's, let's assume, let's just assume for a second that when we get to that stage of our evolution that all of it becomes owned by the government, right? Because there's no jobs for people to make any money. So the government kind of in, ends up just taking it all over. But that still doesn't mean that you can just have anything you want. Yeah. Because if everybody decided they wanted a 10,000 square foot house and 10 acres of land or 100 acres of land, we'd all we'd run out of resources really fast, right? So like, there, there's a book that sort of addresses this, and it's um, a, a little bit. It's I read it when I was a kid, and it's called Rounded with Sleep. And you'll love it because it involves role-playing games because I can't go through a podcast without mentioning role-playing games. But it's, <laughs> it's sort of a hybrid sci-fi fantasy. And the stuff that was interesting was actually more the science fiction. Like, I was really into fantasy at that time. But in... So in this thing, in this, um, you know, this book, um, technology advances, there's true generalized AI. And what people end up doing, because there's not really jobs, there's some small population that's still doing engineering jobs for some reason that the computers can't do. But the computers can talk just like you and me. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, Mike, how are you doing today? Like, what can I get you? Um, At, you know, 5 a.m. you have a meeting, you know, whatever what is is. Sorry, what is this called? It's called Rounded with Sleep. Rounded with Sleep. So the computers are fully walking, talking, anonymous, intelligent beings. But the vast majority of the population is just like, screw it. 
we're going to play role-playing games. So they, they project their minds into fake bodies and kind of forget who they are, and they go play role-playing games. But that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is... Have you, seen the, have you read the book Snow Crash? No. Okay, it's similar, similar themes, so you might like okay. that book. <clears throat> so when they come out back into um, their everyday body or, or whatever, um, there's one guy that's been just playing games for years and years, like decades. He's been just lost in this game, and he comes out, and he has this brand new, like, really muscular body, and he has a bigger apartment. He's like, what happened? And the computer's like, well, you did so well in the games. We've upgraded your lifestyle. And that's there's really not money. They just have these tears. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then he's like, well, who's running all this? And the computer's like, well, we are. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, we as the computers were programmed by you to just kind of shepherd humanity and make sure that everybody generally got all their needs met. But there's still, you know, there's still some imbalances based on how well you do in a game or something like that. And he's like, we still have engineers. He's like, this is crazy. Like, you've taken over. And he's like, yeah, every hundred years or so, somebody pops out of one of the games and realizes that we've completely taken over. And it turns out the computers are actually have like this motivating But it software. sounds like they're kind of being benevolent in this They're case. benevolent yeah, dictators, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. And the computers are like, um, basically say, we, we basically love you. We've been programmed to love humans. And so <coughs> we're taking care of everything. Which is kind of like, for me, like that's, that's sort of this, the silver lining. That's the potential. I mean, I don't think we should sit around playing role-playing games all the time. I'd rather it be yeah. more like Star Trek. Like we explore the stars or yeah. uh, maybe you get really into meditation. The thing is, though, art and, and, and so I'm glad you said that, Craig, because mm -hmm. I really, like, I think this is going to happen so much faster that by the time that it happens, we won't have developed the ability to go to the stars yet, right? Like, this right. is going to happen on Earth when we're still stuck here. <laughs> sure. But I do agree. I would love it if, if, if you know, if assuming that I was alive in that era, that, that my whole day and, and life was spent exploring the stars in the universe and, and all of those right. things. But I want to throw another monkey wrench into this that I think is going to happen in that same time period that I think is going to devastate things. And that's going to be... I think we're going to have some in the next, I would say in the next 30 to 50 years, we're going to have some of the most radical, massive medical innovations that you've ever seen in your life. And I think people are going to either live forever or almost live forever, mm -hmm. you know, right? Like you may get, die in a car crash, but you're not going to die from the flu or something like that, right? So now what happens when you have all these humans, you can't retire, so to speak, right? Because we can't, like in an economy like we have today, right. you can't retire because there's no way you could ever save up enough money to support yourself. You can't work for 30 years to support yourself for eternity. Right. You know, right? So so now you have all these people that become an additional mm -hmm. burden. What do you do with people that are already retired and say, oh, well, if you're going to live forever, you got to go back to work. <laughs> you know, right? That's probably going to come. Then we're going to have to say, and, and, and I'll get destroyed in the comments for saying this too, but you will have to limit the population mm -hmm. because if nobody's dying mm -hmm. and millions of people or billions of people are getting added to the population every few years. Whether whether you're conservative or liberal or something in between, the earth does have some finite, finite. amount of energy and material. <laughs> yes. Like we can't actually just consume it everything. So consume everything indefinitely. So whether that's 10 years from now that we hit some stopping point, um, if global warming and climate change, all that stuff aside, just... <clears throat> Enough space, enough food, enough clean potable water, yeah. uh, enough energy to make our cars and our, you know, 
our devices and our, you know, all that stuff work. Yeah. Like we just now, don't, we just have limited resources. Absolutely. Here. And hopefully we'll get some efficiencies out of our new AI robot friends because instead of having to have big farms, they'll just replicate it for us or something. Right. But, right. but, but it is going to be a big, big problem. Yeah. And, and I was actually thinking about the population thing earlier. Like even if people don't live forever, just e even if people, <clears throat> if we reach a state where, you know, we have like a benevolent Skynet that takes care of everything for us, <laughs> and, we, and we don't have to go to work. Yeah. Well, we're going to spend a lot of time procreating because what else we got to do, you know? <laughs> and so that's going to create a lot more population. So, yeah, we, we will definitely have to uh, limit, uh, you know, population expansion, uh, even if we don't live forever. Yeah. Uh, uh, unless we can figure out a way to get humans off of this earth and to other planets. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're going we to run up against a brick move wall. Them somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, I know that's actually one of the topics we're going to talk about in, in the future is, is like Skynet and whether it's, you know, evil or not. But, um, you know, uh, I'm just, just going to throw that out there that uh, for this episode that, you know, Skynet, even in the, the Terminator series, isn't a really evil, right? I mean, we attacked it. We attacked it, yeah. 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 And uh, it's portrayed as the villain, but it's really not. And so I, I don't see any reason why we couldn't have uh, I would say it went a little too far. I okay, think hold have, on. Let's save, might this, have save this for that podcast. We'll save okay. this for the later <laughs> podcast. Looking Point forward is, to a, a vigorous debate. Point is, there's no reason why we couldn't have a benevolent computer overlord, so to speak, like Skynet, uh, that would you know take care of humanity and all of our needs, including you know making all of our food and all of our housing and basically just doing all the, the monotonous stuff that, that we used to have to do. So all we could do is focus on the things... That we want to do. So, but I wonder about that, and I wonder about a society, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, I know that a lot of things are based on culture, and culture would probably change to adapt to that over many, you know, hundreds or, you know, decades or whatever. But, um, like, if you have a society where you don't have to do anything, you don't have to get up in the morning and go to work, you don't, you can just do whatever you want. A lot of people would just choose to play video games, and that's mm -hmm. cool. But a lot of people are just going to get bored. Yeah. And when people get bored, bad things start happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like wars break out and, and and gangs and you know like 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 boredom would have to be somehow controlled. And there's um I, I'm I'm kind of alluding to um but uh, you're but, gonna have to drug the society. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Weed so, for everybody. Weed for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. When you think about that, though, and you're right, boredom can certainly lead to some destructive things. Uh, but that's often because the people who are doing the destructive things, they don't have any creative outlet because they're, they're broke and they don't have any money. And so they'll join the gang <coughs> or whatever, and they'll go, you know, terrorize places because they got nothing better to do, right? So if we have this computer overlord, hopefully it would provide us with challenges and things to do that would be right hopefully more healthy <laughs> well then, yeah. but you're always going to have a psychopath or two in society that's just that's of course just, uh, of course you know but it is yeah crime crime is not likely to go away because actually it, it, it probably, probably would go down it probably go down because a lot of people uh that live life of crime now they do it out of their what they feel is a necessity yeah uh, now, well it depends on the type well, of crime, we, but we have we have a lot of studies that show low-income areas have higher rates of crime. It's right. a very simple correlation. Right, like that right. is a well-known... So like, if everyone variable. has everything taken care of for them, there'll be less incentive to commit a crime. Now, there's obviously going to be people who commit crimes because it's exciting, you know, right. 
But for uh, the thrill, for the adrenaline, you yeah. know, that's why people base jump off of a building is for that. But this right? gets but, into that, like to me, there's a bigger question about a fully automated society, and we're we're sort of portraying a, a kind of a a non dystopian, like a very utopian start. We are, kind of thing we are at the moment, but. Even in the the utopian model of a fully automated society where computers haven't gone mad with power or, or <laughs> some terrible bug hasn't caused Skynet to nuke us all, um, what do we do for meaning? Like you, you started mm-hmm. on this, like what do we do with our day? Why should I get up in the morning? Why not play video games, um, have non-reproductive sex you know, all day? You know, this is... Absolutely. This is fascinating because, you know, I know there's a lot of people who could get up every day and play um, Call of Duty or World Mm -hmm. of Warcraft or whatever your favorite video game is. Um, And they could they could play that all day. Skyrim, I think, is one that, that, you know, can can suck you in for a long time. Um, But I think. Like for me, like that wouldn't be enough. I know for some people it would. But for me, that would not be enough. I would get tired the video game would become a job to me after a while. Well, and, and I'm at a point in my life, now I'm at, I'm at the ripe old age of 49. Um, hey, I let's hear it for the 49s. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really play uh, video games anymore because my interests are, frankly, just they're more creative. If I, I don't have a lot of free time, but when I do, I'd rather do something with my son. I'd rather us program, like I'm working on a retro video game using Dragon Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I was doing Arduino and electronics and things like that. Maybe at some point I would pick up, especially if I'm retired, like pick up piano, something that's always interests me. Yeah. So I have the same kind of like creative urge that you do, uh, that, the, that you guys both have. Like you both have intellectual creative pursuits. Um, prob- I probably don't have them to the extent that you guys do. Like I can, I can sit around doing, you know, whatever. But the other aspect is like for me, um, what has been giving my life more meaning outside of my job is even less of the creative stuff and more of the social thing. So when I'm doing things, I want to I want to play board games because I'm playing them with my family or friends. absolutely of course I want to play tabletop role playing games because I can share that with my kids or a new friend. Um, I've never been a big partier or a but, bar person. Yeah, but I I want to connect with people, do stuff like we're doing here, like discuss deep topics. But even and stuff even like that. those things, Craig, like mm-hmm. like. Like, uh, like, let's put it this way. My kids lived with us while they were building their house, right? Right. I lived with my parents at one point in my life while I was building a house. And um, the the reality of it is, is when you spend a lot of time around the same people, you start to get frustrated with them and you just, I can't wait to get out of this house. You know, like right. those types of things happen. So everything needs to be sort of in moderation. Right. You know, right? So I need some time to play video games. I need some time. And you know what? My video games, I still play video games. I have an Xbox and I have a gaming PC. And I probably two hours a month play video games. But when I do, I really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I just know that I can't do that for 40 hours a week. But right. same thing with family. I love being around family. But then, you know, I want some time away from them. But not um, everybody's the same. Like, I know people who could sit around and watch TV, uh, you know, 12 hours a day. Oh, I do too. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and, and be totally content with that. Um, other people would probably want to spend time out hiking or exercising or whatever. Yeah, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm like you. I want to be doing something creative. Um, and, uh, but, um, but anyway, 
So yeah, that, so so that's our, our utopian thing, and uh, we'd have to figure out some way to moderate and balance our lives uh, lives yeah. around that. Yeah. But uh, and then there's obviously a number of dystopian ways this could turn out, uh, where basically you you have everyone living in poverty, well, that, and then you have like uh, you know yeah very like select uh, few elite that. Uh, own and run everything. This, yeah. This is our concern, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, this is my big worry is that we may eventually get to the utopian society or not. But in the meantime, as um, job losses start increasing and then there's more automation, you're going to have an upper middle class and a so, fabulously wealthy and everybody else is going to have nothing or crumbs. So uh, I wrote down a whole big list of notes for this uh, podcast just when I was thinking, mm. um, walking around the house throughout the day. And um, my number one thing is that if nothing changes, mm. like if we continue to have, like try to run everything exactly like we are and the politicians don't get their mind around this and try to actually plan for it, we're going to have a whole lot of rich people, I'm sorry, a whole lot of poor people and 10 rich people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it's sort of the nature, I think, of, um, I mean, a big part of capital, I won't say that the nature of capital, but a large part of it is um, really just taking over other things. Like, what, yeah. do, what do companies do when they start becoming rich and powerful? They start buying up other Buying companies. up other companies. Yeah. And so you have more and more consolidation. You have more monopolies. I mean, this yeah. is why... Ma Bell was broken up in the yeah, in the and, 80s. and and let's be clear, not all of those are necessarily bad. Like, right, like having right. one company run a whole bunch of, of of an economic sector actually makes it really efficient and allows everybody to have more. There are some benefits to yeah, it, yeah, totally. You know? um, but there's also a lot of negatives if, if it's not done right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you know, without that competition, they can sort of like uh, be abusive. Like, exactly, it's not. There's not, you know, or they, they can, can price gouge. They price can, gouge, like the guy that's doing the whole insulin thing, you know, or whatever. Right. Exactly. Or Microsoft when they were like, um, we're going to bundle Internet Explorer into the operating And you system. can't take it out and you have you to use it, it. Like everything you click on automatically opens it. That's pretty much put Netscape out of business. Yep. I don't know how politicians can address that because any, <coughs> you know, any kind of um, – action that could be taken towards addressing that is going to be called out as socialism, <laughs> um, which or we know, big you know half the government. population is going to, uh, you know, fight against. Um, but at the same time, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, we used to have the, like the Luddite riots and stuff back in the, what is it, eight, eight, 17, 1800s or whenever it was, you know, like they thought that uh, uh, like the steam engine was going to put them out of business so th- or put their, put them out of jobs yeah, so they would yeah. go attack technology, um, you know, with big riots and stuff um, because they didn't want their jobs taken away by automation. And that's funny because here we've circled back around to, to that, and I just kind of wonder if we might ever get to a point where people are attacking, um, you know, self-checkout registers and kiosks and, uh, you know, things that they perceive as taking but jobs It's already away. happening. It's already <laughs> – sorry, I swallowed my water wrong. <laughs> but it's already happening. People are blowing up 5G towers. <laughs> That's that's not something that people perceive taking jobs away. That's just crazy conspiracy yeah, theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's know. not a widespread thing yet. Yeah. Like it's not wasn't a big movement like the Luddite movement. Or, I don't know how widespread that was historically, but um, now I will say. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. I've heard one good argument against the dystopian, you know, view of things, um, where all the wealth concentrates. And there was a guy that I used to work with, a uh, really smart guy, and he had one. 
he made one really good argument, and I, I think you could punch holes in it, but I think there's some validity there. <clears throat> so one possible solution, we're like, oh, woe is us as humans. This AI is taking all our jobs and stuff like that. Um, the solution could be uh, merging with the AI. I've heard this so before. <laughs> we have, you know, the AI is plugged into our brains, and it's like, well... I've got to figure out that you know some creative problem solving to this engineering dilemma. I'm gonna I'm gonna guide the AI that's in my brain that I'm, I'm melded with, or I, I actually am that sort AI. of like the trill. Only the trill is a computer in this. The case. trill is a computer. <laughs> yeah, like from from DS9, the, the trills were like the the symbiotic organisms that merged with their hosts. So you'd have a shared consciousness with a device that would could do some of the heavy lifting, but you would still have your human emotions and wants and desires and things like that that's there's there's a number of problems with that but at least it could open up the possibility of like um you know people keeping getting better and better jobs because then your training is just i just need to download a new module and now i know how to do you know biotech engineering or something that like that. that just made me think of the matrix where he's like yeah, download yeah. a helicopter program so there's another option and it's a little more low tech um and and again, this would have very mixed opinions, I'm sure, with with everyone listening. But by the uh, way, to be clear to the audience, we're not advocating any of these things, so these are not necessarily our opinion. Yeah, we're just we're just speculating of what could happen, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think it's New Jersey and Oregon require or do not allow people to pump their own gas. Yes. For example, <laughs> and I believe the reason. I think Oregon those, is the same way, right? Yep. I've, I just said I've had. I've yeah. driven, oh, I thought you said New Jersey. I said New Jersey oh, and Oregon. Got it. Yeah. And. So and I think those laws were put in place to protect those jobs. jobs absolutely. And so you well, know they, they they call it a safety reason, but we all know. Right, right, <laughs> it was, right. It was to protect jobs. It was to protect jobs. And so, you know, I just kinda wonder if we might see a lot more of that kind of stuff in the future where we have the ability to automate something, but the government just steps in and says, Nope, that's not allowed. And it yeah. can be done quite literally just to see to me. Yeah. I, that really frustrates me because I want to see automation take care of grunt work. Like I, I worked at McDonald's, with, like with Absolutely. you, Absolutely. and I did a lot of those, those jobs. I, I made snow cones when I worked at Six Flags, and um, I waited tables, and all that bored the living shit out of Absolutely. me. Absolutely, like, like, like we want to take humans to the next level. You know, okay, so there was. This. I would rather raise everybody up to a high, both a high economic and intellectual, creative, right. social level, rather than dumb down right. automation. So, so, so there's a there's a picture of a, a guy like, um, and I don't know exactly where this came from. I'll I'll find it for the podcast for the video. Um, but there's a guy that developed this. It was a horse and buggy. It looked like sort of like a uh, Chevy Tahoe or something, right? But instead of having a hood with an engine compartment, it had a place where two horses went. <laughs> and the purpose of this illustration was, I don't know if I'll be able to find it or not, but I'll, if I can, I'll find something similar. But uh, the, um, the, the whole idea was if, if the whip and buggy companies couldn't have been replaced by the automotive industry because of government regulation, that's where we would be. We would have had right. to start making cars, but we'd have to put we horses gotta, in as engines and we pull them keep in place, these, you know, right? All these horses need to stay employed. Because all these horses. Now, the, the, there's two problems with that. Number one, I don't want to see society, like, unnaturally limited, you know, like, held right. back, like you were talking about. 
But it's also hell for that horse to have to pull that thing along all the yeah, day. Right. I want to see it running around in a pasture in a field having a good time. Yeah. And so, so the so yeah, we need to we need to create a society not where Mike Murray has to be a ditch digger because the computer said he had to have a job, right? Um, and so I've got to get out there and sweat and slave all day and 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 hurt myself. Um, I want to I want a future where. That's not necessary because it's really not necessary, you know? Right. Well, I would agree, but I just I don't know from an economic standpoint if we'll ever be able to survive as a species if we don't have people busy doing jobs. And, uh... I, you know, I, I don't know, David, and, and I'll, I'm going to say this, and I'll probably get destroyed in the comments, but, I mean, I think we already agree, I think we do, that the vast majority of everything that we have, technology or whatever, there's a small piece of society that's taking everybody forward. Like, yeah. like there's only a few rocket scientists. There's only a few mm-hmm. Elon Musks. You know, and then we or, just replicate what they do. And then we replicate what they do, right? So, so I would say 90% of society is really just along for the ride of what 10% of the population sure. developed and figured out, right? Yeah, I mean, if you took all the smart people away, we'd still be living in, like, huts and caves and stuff. Right, uh, yeah. right, yeah. right. So, so... Would it be okay to have a future? I said all that to get to this. <laughs> Would it be okay if we had a future where the vast majority, like idiocracy almost, right? Where the vast majority of humans are just kind of free for all, do whatever. Right. And there's some small section of humans that are still, that have jobs and that are doing those things and developing those things. And assuming that, you know, that we don't have a an AI that takes all that over, right? Would, would that be an okay society? I, I think the answer is probably no, in my opinion, because I think it would r- quickly, you know, nose fall, dive. yeah, nosedive and, f- and jump off a cliff, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. uh, but it could, it could happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't have an answer for you on that. I, I remember when I first started going to school at UTA at a German, um, this German guy was teaching history or social studies or something like that. It's my freshman year. Um, in a long, tumultuous college career <laughs> that finally ended it. But um, he talked about um, kind of varying degrees of pleasures, right? Yeah. And what he said is, I mean, his theory was the pleasures of creativity, intellectual pursuits, doing poetry, mm-hmm. music, art, science, technology – these were actually higher pleasures. They would they provide more enjoyment than watching TV or doing drugs or eating f- rich food. He even threw sex and stuff like that in there. Um, he said the reason people pursue all the lower pleasures is they're usually easier. Easy. Yeah, I totally much agree. I mean, like, to like based upon what you have said uh, so far, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So we'd have to build a society where we somehow make the lower the 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 higher pleasures easier to attain for people and this gets back to like meaning making and things like that like um in order for there not to be you know 90% or 50% or whatever the ratio is i actually don't think i don't think 90% of the population's dumb maybe i'm naive like or just average or whatever but um we'd somehow have to figure out how to to make that more attainable. And that's where maybe yeah. the AI in our brain or something or merging, maybe we leave our bodies somehow. We actually merge into um, robotic bodies. Like I've, my wife and I have joked about this for years, as we've, especially as we've gotten older. Like, when do I get my robot body? Like having to deal with I this, know. this I sure need or, it. <laughs> 
you know. Well, you know, it's interesting. So for me, I um, like like we we all get up every morning and we go to a job and mm. and, and or some kind of employment, right? You know, David makes videos. Um, it, it, so, but we do those things a lot of times. Um, now I. This podcast I do because I think it's fun, right? right? But but most of the things we do in life like that are, are around creating an income, right? Right. It's, it's the carrot and the stick principle. It is. Right? We either want nicer, fancier, shinier things, or we just don't want to starve. Yeah, exactly. Remote. So, but I, I have often thought about if I had no commitments, like if like if I had a bank account with ten billion dollars in it, and I could just do whatever I wanted. What would I do? And at first, you know, you think, oh, I'd just sit around and I'd play video games all day. Or, you know, oh, I'd, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> what's the guy from Office Space? He's like, he had all these things he would do. Right. You know, if I had $10 million, I'm not going to say what they are. But, um, but you know, I think at first I probably would want to relax and, you know, okay, just take a little time and, and t- like sort of a vacation. But eventually... I'd probably be somebody like, and I don't want to compare myself. I'm not saying I'm like Elon Musk or I'm as smart as him or anything like that. That's not what I mean. But I would probably want to pursue something like that. Was yep. like, that would be fun to me to, to, yep. to, to build a rocket ship or to figure out how to get to another planet or 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 whatever. Like 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 I could totally see myself. So I think work is. I'm I'm, I'm saying that again. I'm not trying to say I'm like as smart as any of those people. All right. Right. But, but I think if work is rewarding, it's not really work yeah. anymore. It's what I'm trying yeah. to get to. You know? uh, I thought about this one time. I'm like, okay, so if, if someone said, here, David, here's you $10 bajillion, you know, infinite amount of money, however much you need, you're, you can pick a, an island somewhere and retire and you know, do whatever you want. It's like, okay, so I'm going to go to the island. Well, the first thing I'm going to want to do is I'm going to want to construct a new home. And then, well, you know, next thing you know, I'm going to want to make it better, and I'm going to be like, well, let's build some roads around here, and and you know, I'm just going to keep wanting to to make things better and do. Cause I'm not because I'm going to get bored. Like I've got my house, <laughs> and I'm just what I'm going to do is sit there with a coconut and like all day long well, every day. We could introduce you, know? you to something called vodka that might change your mind. <laughs> but, but you know, then your co- but that vodka and your coconut. If it's in a coconut, to be fair, it's probably rum. Rum, okay. Sorry, <laughs> bad. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said vodka. Rum. Yeah. But put the rum in the, yeah. in the lime. You got to put some lime and some rum in your coconut. But I feel like I have to be constantly doing something useful or productive. Otherwise, I just I just feel like Craig said, like I have no meaning in my life or whatever. Uh, that's one of the reasons, like I write the video games and stuff that I do, is because it's challenging and it's yeah. Nobody's uh, making you do that. yeah. Like and nobody's saying you have to do that in a yeah. slightly more modern version of assembly. Like <laughs> and, uh, you do it because you love have. And love I don't that exactly crap. make a ton of money off of it either. So again, I do it because I enjoy the challenge and 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 you know each step of the way presents a different challenge and I have to figure out puzzles and ways to solve them. It's almost like playing a video game. In a way, now, yeah. um, now, and that's why I got into programming is because yeah. there was interesting, creative, and puzzle-solving types of scenarios. And it's like I don't feel like I'm working. Like I, you know, you and I did yeah. some some stuff together in, in my nights and weekends. Like yeah. we we did like web development <clears throat> and things mm-hmm. like that. And it was just like a lot of it was just because it was fun. Like I could, yeah, I could yeah. do it all day and then come home at night and and still work on code. Yeah. So do you think that the uh, I mean, I know we're that way. We've all three of us kind of agreed on that. But do we think the average person in society? No, I don't is think the average person is that way. I I just know too many people that would um, that would either watch TV all day or play video games all day or uh, you know just waste Five away or... basically. Yeah. So um, not there's anything wrong with that. Not there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> so we might want to move along a little bit because you know you got the picture of Quark here. We were going to talk a little bit about the economics in Star Trek. 
and uh, there's a number of things that we can talk about. That now, granted, the writers of Star Trek have never answered some very significant questions about how yeah. their economic system works. Like we see, uh, we see the the various spaceships, you know, and the crews that are on those ships. But those are essentially people that they're in the military, basically. right? Basically, it's it's the like, military. They are they are clear. They have said like like Picard has said like a hundred times that they are not a military vehicle. That they are an but they're like the but military. They're, yeah. They're, it, yeah. it works very much like yeah. the military. They, yeah, they and, report uh, to Starfleet. Sure, and they have they have ranks and all these things, yeah. right? And uh, but we what we rarely ever see is a picture of what life is like for the average person. We've never on even Earth. seen toilets. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've never even seen. <laughs> they have toilets. the three seashells. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they, they've not really depicted that very well. And, um, you know, what, what does the average person do, the average civilian do in the Star Trek universe who has no money and no job? Uh, that has never really been explained. And I really have, and I suspect the reason it hasn't been explained is because they can't think yeah, of a good, of a good, of a good I, yeah. I do think they touch upon it. They don't explain it very well. But they touch on it a little bit, in, even in Deep Space Nine. So um, Jake, the, the captain's son, um, it's Commander Sisko, and then he becomes Captain Sisko. So Jake Sisko has to figure out a job. And for a while, I mean, he's just his dad just kind of makes him work. It's like he can go to a replicator and get food anytime he wants. Mm-hmm. But if you're a Starfleet or a um, Federation citizen... Like, your needs are all basically met. It's yeah. just kind of yeah. expected. So there's a social pressure to do something productive. And uh, so he, he helps out uh, Miles O'Brien uh, for a while, and he doesn't like that. And he tries some other things. And eventually he becomes a writer. He does some, like, poetry, and then he gets into short stories and then journalism. And so he becomes a journalist. But he's, he does it because he it's like t- what you said about your, your work. He does it because he likes doing it. And yeah. so he's an example of a civilian who goes into a particular field. Yeah. Now we and see he, on that same topic, uh, Cisco's father runs a restaurant. Yep. But right. That's always blown my mind. Like, how the hell does that work? Like, So people clearly don't pay for the food because there's no money. So he's obviously giving it away. And, of course, it probably doesn't cost him anything to make it. He must obviously enjoy... Being a chef, yeah. being a chef and running the but restaurant. But how does how does society in the Star Trek world? How did they decide? Well, you get to run this restaurant in yeah. New Orleans that's been part of your family, and, well, and Picard has a vineyard. I as part of his. Family. I was going to say earlier, and I think this is a great time to throw it in: is that probably gamification, like to some degree, like like it becomes okay. Well, I'm not doing this for money. Like like look, all these little girls that are posting all their pictures on Instagram and TikTok and all that. They're not well. Some of them are making money if they get enough followers, right? But most of them are doing it for the likes, right? Like, can I get more likes than they got? Can I have this many followers and all that? It's, it's gamified, right? Right. And I suspect there's some society in Star Trek anyway that it's gamification. It's like I have the best restaurant, you know. It's like yeah. everybody comes to me because I make the best food, right? It has they're not paying for it, but it's it's the honor of of they think I'm the best. I think that would have to be part of it. And he said a number of times he'll never tell anyone his gumbo recipe. You know, right, because, he's going to take that to his grave. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> So uh, yeah, I mean, I I definitely detected that uh, like that sense of pride uh, from uh, what's his name? I know it's some Cisco. Uh, yeah, I can't remember it either. The the, uh, the father. Yeah. The well, the grandfather of well, Jake. Yeah. 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 Um, so here's here's a problem with the Star Trek economy, though that that at least with the Star Trek the the Federation portion of it, and I, I you know, for me to be free 
would mean that um, I could choose kind of what I want to do each day. But if I'm a person that is, um, I have a job on the Enterprise mm -hmm. or <clears throat> the Deep Space Nine or something like that, right? Then the captain expects me to get my butt out of bed every morning and be in the engineering or wherever yeah. I'm supposed to be. And, and then at that point, it's just a job again, right? You yeah. got to be there every day on time and do your thing. Or you're going to get reprimanded or disciplined, or you're going to get uh, kicked out of Starfleet, and you have to go back. To <laughs> but they're in Starfleet, you know, trying to rise up the ranks, not because they're going to get starved or anything like that, or they're not going to—they're going to be homeless. They're doing it because they want that increased yeah. status and and these exactly these opportunities for interesting problem exactly. solving and exploration. So, so what they probably haven't portrayed the people on the Enterprise very well because they're all probably. <laughs> bunch of assholes <laughs> you know they were just or trying just to, to bump up their just ego. bump up their ego because it's all it has to be an ego thing at that point well, right? I, I mentioned this unless thing. i mean like I, I could see like from a difference like I'm, and i really mean that more for the the executive officers right like a, the ca captain the commander and all that i mean i think if you're in the engineering group or you're a scientist like spock or something like that there's there's this whole exploratory piece of it right but, right you know, I, I don't know. I, I've always kind of seen a, a problem with yeah, that. I, they have made it very clear that, like the Enterprise, for example, they only take the best of the best. Yes. Right? You know, so it's, it's not your average citizen on the Enterprise. It's hard to get into because it's very yeah. challenging. It's... Yeah, the the Orville. You, I'm sure you. Oh, of the Orville, course. Which is in fact, it's. I think it's coming out again pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought <laughs> yeah. it was done. No, the, no, uh, they got bought by another network. Nice. Yeah. So the Orville, which is the not a Star Trek, but it's basically Star Trek. It started out as a comedy, and then it really became more like Star Trek. I think, and, and I mean, it still has funny scenes and stuff like that. But it's there's a lot of social commentary and stuff like that. But in the Orville, they say, well. We gave up doing things for money, and now we do things for social status. Uh, although I think it's interesting that the entire crew tends to drink in excess. <laughs> like as a oh, yeah, part of, of the future, like yeah. we all just get plastered if they're you know if, if we're not getting attacked by something or like that. But which is what I'm going to do here in about 20 minutes. All right. <laughs> Dinner. So you know, some people have often said that money is power, and power is money. Yeah, and so. You could look at moving up the ranks, and you know, it's now status. Fleet. Power is status, yeah. right? Is it right? Because now you have more control over other people, and uh, so that's that's one way of looking at it. But again, that that's fine if you want to talk about like the the spaceships and stuff. But for the average citizen living on the planets, what do they do all day? You know, and and that's something that's well. Uh, so yeah. so let's think about life from so have you have you guys seen the new uh, tom hanks movie finch yet no, no. uh well he's uh it's a sci-fi he's it's like the, it's a dystopian thing where the whole earth got destroyed and it's like him by himself um and uh and he's got his dog hmm. and then he's got a robot that's got an ai in it right build, right, right? I saw an, uh... yeah yeah so uh, i want you to just imagine a society like that you don't have to really understand the movie to, to think about it this but um so it's a it's you. You're the only person on Earth. Right? Forget the economy. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do all day if you're the only person on Earth to keep yourself interested and entertained and excited? That would be uh, pretty tough because we are a social species. And um, I was about to say, know, the social thing would be a killer. There's There's been a number of movies and TV shows that have explored that, including Last Man on Earth yeah, and yeah. a number of things. Yeah. And, and Another uh, Tom Hanks movie uh, where he's on the island. Cast the Castaway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and like on Last Man on Earth, for example, he actually at some point decides he's going to kill himself because he's decided there's nothing left to live for until the woman shows up. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, uh, 
yeah, I mean, I could, I could totally see that. Like if, um, if I were the only person left on earth, I'd probably get bored uh, pretty quick. It's like, no matter what I achieve, nobody's going to ever be around. Okay. To see so it. I'm asking this, I asked it that way on, on purpose because I wanted to understand if you guys felt like other humans were a required part of the yes, economy, right? I so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, need, like sorry. even like if, if, if you're an artist, or a musician. You have somebody who wants to listen right, to you. Right. I mean, you, you know. Well, and you want other artists or other engineers to talk about this. Yeah. Like, and you, you want know. someone to appreciate the stuff that you've done and yeah. validate your your work and whatnot. And if you don't have that, it has no meaning. So I, in that case, it's sort of an economy of uh, of uh, appreciation or economy of uh, emotion it's, it's still right? a little bit of status. It's still yeah, like yeah. it's not a status of like I'm higher than you. I can control you. Which can be exploitive, but it's more of a status of like, I appreciate what you have done. You have appreciate what I have done. We can, you know, we're both experts in our field, or we're in different fields, but we appreciate, you know, what the other person brings to the table. Um, that that I think is an interesting, um, d- different way to envision how society could be in it, like a a post money society. Like, yeah, um, we don't really have that today fully we have it in so, small circles so i i just looked at my list because i wanted to make sure that we we touched on everything that that i had thought about and we missed one we kind of hinted at it a couple of times but what about a, a an economy in a future where it's a game and what i mean by that is i'm not talking about world of warcraft right i'm talking right. about like like uh Everybody plays a sport or, you know, it could be a video game, right? That might be your sport, you know, but, but your everything we do in life is all about how we have, well, that was game. That was rounded with sleep, like the, the <clears throat> social pecking order and your, not your income because it wasn't money, but your, uh, your standard of living was determined by how well you did in the games. And there was yeah. cowboy games and sci-fi yeah. games. It might be a chess player. It might be, right. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. How well do you ride horses? But everybody has a game that they pursue. And the computers are in charge of everything, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, um, you have all the food and everything you would ever need provided for you, and you just game. That might not be a bad way to live. I mean, if, if your game could also be, I think, your art or your music. Or Maybe whatever. that's what we're in right now, and we just don't know it. Our game yeah. is Earth. Yeah. <laughs> we picked the Earth game. We're in game. the simulation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a job. Our game was to to, to survive Earth. <laughs> I, I wanted to touch on something, and I um I don't want to make this sound too religious, and I'm not I'm not evangelizing. I, I promise. But you mentioned like if you were alone, like the Tom Hanks movie, mm-hmm. you mentioned you're completely alone, or it's you and a dog and something like that, or just a small group of people, or in the utopian version of like you don't really have anything to do. You could do art or music or whatever. Just for fun, or you could build mm-hmm. games for fun or whatever. But one of the things that I would do in, in that situation, if I had, if tomorrow somebody gave me, you know, a hundred million dollars and I didn't ever have to work again. And I, I knew the earth wasn't going to implode or right, anything right. like that. Um, I would spend a lot of time on, you know, obviously being social with other people and being out in nature and <clears throat> athleticism or exercise. I shouldn't say athletic. I'm not athletic, but but I'd also spend a lot of time in meditation. And yeah, I knew you would say that. <laughs> it's, it's And I actually don't do a lot of meditation. Like the, this year, it's been I've done the least amount than I probably have in the past 10 years, which has been a very busy, hectic year uh, for me, I've, you know, as we've come out of COVID, um, getting back into the swing of work and things like that. But 
Um, I wonder if a lot of people would engage some kind of spiritual pursuit. Maybe they I would think, do um, Tai Chi. Maybe they would do some kind, like I do, some kind of Buddhist meditation or loving kindness thing. Maybe they would do self hypnosis. Yeah. Some, you, I'm saying this like not in a like go out and be religious, um, but I'm saying this like no, the, no, but the exploration a, of your own mind and your own consciousness well, even, could be really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That is absolutely true. I think, but even the religious portion of it, I think there's a good portion of society that would just, you know, worship God. My dad. So first of all, I think everybody that knows me, including my fans and stuff, know that I'm, I'm I don't believe in any deities. But um, my father was very, very religious. Which explains and why you don't believe in Indian Probably. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, I, one time my father and I were having a conversation on this kind of topic, and he said that when when uh, he believed in a Christian God, he said, when, when I go to heaven, he goes, I'm going to spend my entire day, all day, all night, because I won't have to sleep, and I'll have this renewed body. I'm just going to sit there, and I'm going to worship Jesus all day long, every day. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I'm sure there's a huge portion of society that thinks that would be a fantastic thing and they would love that. To me, that sounds horrible because it would be so boring. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? I mean, I have to just sit there, oh, you know, <laughs> this kind of stuff, you know. I just, I don't, I don't, I think I they would get bored with it too after, you know. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that probably. I don't see it as fulfilling. <laughs> it's one of those things they probably think sounds really good, but if they were ever to actually experience 24 hours a day worshiping God over and over and over and over again, they get tired of it. Yeah. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, pun intended. Um, I think you could do it in a way, and I'm again, I'm not advocating any religion or anything. Um, yeah, or or and and, and or if you and if you and if you believe in the, in a religion, we're not trying to put it down in any but way. I'm not actually, the intent here. I'm actually defending kind of the Christian point of view. <laughs> as, as somebody from a meditation background and stuff, and just I grew up religious as well, and I ta had long conversations with your dad. But if you could do it in such a way where it's like you're praising your deity, you're you're enraptured with love for this deity or whatever all day and all night, in a, in a way that's like if you could. Keep so it's that a momentum. dopamine IV. Kind of. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a, it's an ecstatic thing. And I, I, that's something that fascinates me about religion is, <laughs> is whether it's, whether it's worshiping Jesus or it's being enraptured in with compassion for all sentient beings or, or Brahmin or, you know, something like that. I think that's an interesting part of the human psyche and the human condition. And if there was a way that you could just not get bored to your point, just stay in that state that would be kind of a heavenly but, state. Yeah, but is that any different than back to whole the whole thing about just having the computers control everything and and you do literally just have a dopamine IV in your side and you're you're just programmed to to feel good I'm, about that. I'm glad you asked, Mike. I have <laughs> I have because a... <laughs> I mean, and and I'm trying to keep this in the context of the fact that there wouldn't be an economy and that's why we're talking about this, but still like um, that's no life to live. There's a book I read where it, it tackles that very topic, um, the dopamine drip. Um, I th I think s spiritual pursuits are a little bit different because there's like a there's a certain amount of work that you have to put in. There's it's almost like problem solving. Like, yeah. But that aside, uh, there's a great science fiction book. Um, I'll just warn the readers there. It's very graphic. It's kind of dirty. It's kind of violent, um, but it's called The Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect. Oh, uh, I, I actually have this book in my, uh, what do you call it, in my Audible playlist. I haven't okay. listened to it yet. It's not very long. It is fascinating. Um, I'm trying to think how I, okay, so if you want to read the book, 
I'm about to give spoilers, okay? So <laughs> okay. I'll try to keep them at a minimum, but I'm just letting everybody so, know. So on the chapter marker on the video, I'll right. block this part as a spoiler. <laughs> right, exactly. So if you want to go read the book and come back to the rest of the podcast, you could do that. But in the book, um, a computer basically takes over the whole universe, like a super powerful computer. And so there's no disease, there's no death, nobody has to suffer, um, and people look for things to do. And... Some of them build little Catholic societies on a planet or a little Asian society on another planet. Um, they could just create new planets because the computer has completely controlled the laws of physics or whatever. Um, some people get really into S&M. And so they're like, <laughs> they play death games where they Now die. we're going to have uh, to, to, to block this for the sponsors. Right. right. <laughs> they get, um, they have these death games. So they're sort of like <laughs> video games where they kill themselves or things like that. And some, some of them get very sexual and stuff like that. Because they, they can literally do anything. And that physical pain will hurt you. But it's over whenever you want it. But some people kind of devolve. And they start becoming depressed. And what they eventually do is exactly what you said. They put, like, they have the computer. There's this weird rule in the computer. It can't directly mind control you. But they're like, I just want you to start stimulating neurons or nerves until I feel good. Okay, I like that. Oh, I don't like that. And they just tell the computer. Wow. And eventually. <laughs> I can't in, wait to, to, to listen to this. <laughs> they're in a mega um, heroin drip. And more and more people start doing this where they're just in this state of perfect bliss, like this, they're just zoned out. And the computer's like, okay, all these people are doing nothing. They're not doing any human things. They're not mating, building, fighting, yep. anything. They're just in a little pleasure box for all eternity. Am I actually killing humanity off by doing this? So the computer kind of has a crisis of conscience. Like, what? they're technically alive, but they're not really human anymore. And, uh, you know, I've given away the whole, you know, <laughs> so there's a lot more to the story. <laughs> yeah, than that, yeah, but yeah. that's kind of the point of the book is like, what is it? This is what all good sci-fi does. It asks, yeah. what does it mean to be human? And in that case, like, if you're just in a pleasure box, if you have no economy, there's no status economy or yeah. no art to create. You're just having a nonstop pleasure. Are you human anymore? Yeah. And, you know, this is, you know, you could think of numerous examples to talk about like the mouse thing they did, that experiment where they had the mouse heaven that they yeah. did back mm -hmm. in decades ago. Like the mouse mice were really happy at first, and then the society devolved pretty quickly, even though they had all their needs met. And, uh, yeah, we need variety and challenge as a species in order to be mentally yeah. healthy. We How need, we're built. I mean, yeah. And even if you, you think, like, oh, you know, maybe this is too dirty, but, like, take, like uh, – you know, like, let's say somebody could say, David, I can lock you in a room uh, with Sharon Stone. I mean, like the younger Sharon Stone from, like, from like Total Recall. Well, I don't know whatever. what's wrong with the current yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And, She's still and, not too shabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm going to lock you in that room for eternity with Sharon her. Stone will totally have you on the podcast. We'll make David apologize. <laughs> Anytime and, you want. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, you can do whatever with her and you're, you're locked in this room. But you know what? That's, that, that's going to be fun for a little while. But you're you're going to get tired of it. Yeah. It, too much of anything, any good thing is is uh, you know is possible, and and so we have to have variety and we have to have challenge uh, in our in our lives uh, in order to to maintain mental health. Yep. Total. Totally agree with that. 
Totally. But part of the reason we get tired of that stuff is because our physiology is constructed in a way where, you know, there's yeah. only so many endorphins and dopamine. Right, that it runs out. Create. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's beyond the scope of this podcast, but we could certainly, you know, re-genetically engineer the human to, sure. to be different, certainly. But but I don't think that's going to happen. Although, I do believe that, I mean, we obviously evolved from, from uh, Cro-Magnon Man, <laughs> right, to where we are today. Right. We'll continue to evolve as, as things change, so, but... Well, um, I think we have covered every freaking topic that we and wanted, so. plus a few extras. And I, this was a, this was a good good chat, guys. Well, thanks everybody. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Geek Bits podcast. Um, we are on all of the syndicated platforms. If you're listening on um, uh, any of them, we're also available on YouTube. If you want to watch video um, and see us in the studio, um, but Spotify, iTunes, all the other random places that you would expect. Uh, we'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you.